0: Hey everyone, welcome to Mom's an unfiltered, no bullshit conversation about motherhood. This
1: podcast is a space to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and dive into conversations that all moms think about, but no moms talk about. Let's, let's go. do it. Oh. Okay, but seriously, <laughs> let's do it. Let's. Let's <laughs> all right. It was <laughs> <laughs> like a really long pause there because yeah, we were both like, how do we start uh, this? It feels so like good. it's been so long. Yeah. But we're back. <laughs>
0: Like I do every time.
1: <laughs> Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So we took a we didn't take an intentional break. Um, but as you know, many of you know, we're um wedding photographers, and our wedding season kind of just like hit us in the face. That might have hurt like, people's ears,
0: but like a Mack truck.
1: It was. Like it, we were like, oh my god. We thought we would have everything. Like we had
0: ourselves really organized. We had a plan for editing and podcasting. And then I just it's like <laughs> Went to share really quickly How you plan something and then It goes the opposite which obviously yeah. that is So the we're case.
1: kind of getting back into the flow yes.
0: Slowly This Feeling is nap like- time so if it's short It's not my fault it's <laughs> Our baby's fault.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, we um, we're always looking for requests for um, episodes. So if you guys want to like send us messages or check out our Instagram, mine or the Mom's Plane Instagram, uh, to we always put polls up and for you guys to suggest um, different episodes. So don't miss an opportunity to like get in there what you guys want to hear. Um, but today we are going to do a very much requested um, episode on. Our mental health journeys, we're going to try and fit both of them in one episode. Um, Mine's a little bit shorter than Julia's, but we're going to try and fit them into one one episode. And I'm going to try not to talk too much, so Jordan's going to, like, rein me in. So
0: if you hear her interrupting me a lot or, like, yeah, it's because I've just we could on. go on
1: for a long time about I could.
0: there is well actually if you go into my instagram there is a video as well that i filmed that was yeah, yeah that we filmed like 2020 i think or 2019 and released in 20 and it kind of explains a lot of things
1: um but yeah let's just dive right in okay so let's go back to the beginning which beginning not like, not like when you were born no because <laughs> i think that like you didn't really know what was going on up until like after your wedding right
0: Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think that's when everything surfaced. Okay, so let's yeah. start. When were you married? Let's go I back were, okay. there. So I was married in 2015, October 2015. Um, and my husband, for those of you who don't know, like, uh, the timeline in which Brandon and I got married, it was a very quick um, proposal and an engagement. Uh, so we met in um, 2014, June-ish. We started dating in September. We were engaged by December. Uh, and then married by October, the next year, two thousand fifteen. So um, we had a lot of learning about each other to do, and we knew that we knew that because we were getting married so quickly, there was going to be a learning curve. Um, Most people would have worked out that learning curve in their engagement, right? Or right? they're like dating, dating. or whatever. But right. Yeah. We got to do that when we were married, <laughs> um, which which actually, like looking back on it, helped me. Uh, not lose, Brandon. Because, <laughs> anyway. So. Foreshadowing! <laughs> uh, we... Yeah, so I basically turned... I think I had always suffered from some sort of uh, mental illness almost my entire life. Um, just the behaviors and the, um, uh, like the repetitive behaviors that I would, that I had. Um, you had, like, cycles, right? Yeah, it's exactly. That's what I was trying to think of there. Um, and so, yeah, retrospectively... Um, I can identify where I was and how I was feeling and maybe the reason why I was feeling and the reason why I was doing what I was doing, um, i.e. dating a lot of men, um, beca- was because I, I was depressed, or I was anxious, or there were other things, actually, and I was... A lot just of trauma. A lot of trauma. I was diagnosed with ADHD uh, in my mid-30s, like, just recently. Um, so, yeah, anyway, within the first year, I basically went from being a... Lovely person to be around when he met me to being probably the worst person. that he ever wanted to be around. And um, it's funny because they always say marriage changes you. I really don't think that marriage changed me. I think marriage made me comfortable enough to be vulnerable.
1: I think we talked about this a little while ago where, like, you... Maybe this has to do with what how you're feeling, but you jump from man to man to man, from boyfriend to boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it never really gave you an opportunity to sit in your feelings, right? Because you were constantly yeah. jumping to something new and fresh and something that made you feel... Well, a certain way that my, when you were when you married Brandon and you guys were kind of like stagnant right yeah it yeah. made you
0: realize well and I really loved him like mm-hmm. I really really I really fucking loved him um my one of my ther- one of the first therapists I'd ever seen I think I was like 19 when I saw no I was older than that anyway um her the most the biggest thing that I, I got out of that therapy Um, session was she said to me that it sounds like I give a little bit little bits of of me to a lot of different people and that's a like that's a a coping mechanism it's a way to protect myself so that I didn't give myself to one person therefore not one person can hurt me they don't have the power to hurt me because I have been hurt um, when I have been vulnerable and um, yeah like Jordan said there's a lot of trauma not childhood trauma but like teenage relationship
1: But I think everybody holds a little bit of trauma from their childhood, regardless of, like, the kind of
0: parents that you have. Well, I think that plays into more of my, um, like, behavioral things, Mm -hmm. like, daily behavioral things, but maybe less to do with, like, the depression and and stuff. Um, So, yeah, I, after about a year, Brandon basically sat me down and was like, I'm not happy, and I don't know if I want to be in this relationship anymore. (laughs) I was like... What? <laughs> like, I, Sorry, and, hold up! What? <laughs> I mean, and when you're depressed, and anyone who's listening to this, who's who's also felt the feelings of depression, um, especially the first time when you identify it, you're oblivious. You're like, "What? What are you talking about?" Like, you might know that there's something wrong, or you might feel like there's something off, but it's not like you're sitting there every day being like, "Oh, I'm depressed. It's okay. It's fine. I'm just depressed." It's like, "No, something's wrong. I can't identify. It. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is." But I'm just going to. Comp- sometimes
1: it feels. Like, I don't want to say it feels worse with the people around you, but it's affecting them in a way that you're not actually aware of.
0: Right, right. And our and our way of communicating was terrible at that time because we mm-hmm. just didn't communicate. We had sex, and that was it. <laughs> like, yeah. as long as we were having sex, I thought that that was the only thing that he really needed from mm-hmm. me. Um, and that's obviously not the case. So, uh, yeah, he basically sat me down. So I'm going to put in a trigger warning. I don't believe in them, but this is going to get very... Um, I wouldn't say graphic, but it's going to get intense. I'm not going to hold back because this is, I feel like every other person, every other podcast, every other Instagram account holds back with what they say about uh, along the lines of mental health and suicide. And um, I don't believe that that's actually going to help anybody. It's so. not. And
1: so, yeah, so, like, if you're triggered by, like, talks of mental health, depression, anxiety, suicide, suicidal thoughts, that kind of thing, this may me not...
0: the episode episode
1: to listen to, or if you want to listen to it, make sure you're in a good place to be doing that, and make sure you have people around you to support you, in case that you fall into something that you weren't necessarily expecting.
0: And if I believe in any trigger warning, it would be these ones, rather than any other ones. Yeah, so
1: this is, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna have
0: some pretty intense talks. So, I'm just gonna go, like, I'll go into it, but I'm not gonna go, like, deep, deep into it, like, play by play. But, um, so shortly after that, I, um... So was so shortly after Brandon, Brandon sat, down and sat said, me down and told me that he was not, <laughs> yeah, not happy. happy and he didn't know what he wanted to do with the relationship, my first instinct was to go to my best friend um, and uh, who everyone knows, sorry, <laughs> um, Siobhan, and she was um, my, she was, at, at this point, I think she was in her master's or maybe just finishing her undergrad. Um and I said to her, and, she, and like, I, I basically explained everything. I said, this is what's happening, blah, blah, blah. And she said, Julia, do you think that you're depressed? And that was the first time I had heard the words, do you think you're depressed?
1: Yeah, the words depression were in to Or do you think
0: you. you suffer from depression? Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, no, this is all Brandon's fault. He's hurting me. He's, like, trying to, whatever. And it all became someone else's fault. And then, but Siobhan is this, I mean, you all heard her voice. She's, like, the sweetest, most... Kind, gentle sounding person mm-hmm. and that's how she is in real life with every interaction yeah. and so for her to say to me no julia i think you're the problem that hit me hard like that was like oh wow okay maybe maybe there a little is bit something. of self-reflection to right you. yeah and so from there i was so excited because i'm like oh so there's a reason perfect I can fix that as long as I, as long as there's a reason why I am We come from a
1: family of fixers. We yeah. come from a family of people who see a problem and fix it. And there's and with depression and anxiety and uh, I mean a lot of you probably know this especially if you've suffered from it there's there's not one specific thing that you can fix and then it's just done. No. It's just not a thing. And I
0: thought that there was. Yeah. So I basically went to Brandon and I said, don't worry. It's fine. I'm just depressed. We can fix this. I'll go to therapy. I'll go on medication and it'll all be fine. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, sure. And he basically said to me, I'll see it when I believe it, but I also don't, and I'm going to say this and I'm not saying that this is, these are his feelings now, but he said he doesn't believe that mental health actually is a a real illness. Mm -hmm. And he was faced with (laughs) the reality of mental health really fucking fast because, um, the next day after he said that to me, I, I tried to take my life and it's funny. I have actually struggled with admitting that because even in the hospital, when they asked me what I was trying to do, I tried to like pussyfoot around it. I was like, I remember
1: you even saying it to me.
0: I was like, I wasn't trying to take my life. I was just trying to like make it stop. And I was just trying to like have the feeling stop. But no, what I knew that doing what I was doing, making those feelings stops would stop would end up with me not existing anymore because that was the easier side i'm telling you when i tell you that i was heartbroken like i've been heartbroken before my son's father left me when i was pregnant i have been lied to manipulated treated like (laughs) shit i have been emotionally (laughs) and physically abused and when i tell you that when my husband told me that he did not want to be with me anymore it hurt worse than anything i've ever experienced in my life and coupled with me being depressed um, and again, I wasn't using that as, like, an excuse, but and I And you
1: were on a medication that you well, probably is, shouldn't have. Well,
0: so in. this... Ha- right, right. Okay. So then I went and got medication, and my doctor didn't tell me anything about this medication. She just gave it to me, and she was... This is
1: just a GP, like, a family doctor, not a psychiatrist, not a therapist, right. just a GP. <clears throat> you walked in, and you said, I think I'm depressed, and she said, Here what? Yeah, no, at first she said, we'll go for a walk greens. and eat real more leafy greens, which is fucking bullshit. And then I, I went and
0: I basically begged. I said, no, it's, this is, like, my relationship is affected. Mind you, she did say also go to behavioral therapy. Uh, and Siobhan as well said to me, you cannot take medication without going to therapy. Because the medica- medication, what the medication does for you is it's going to put your, it's going to get you, your brain to a place where you can absorb the therapy. And then the therapy is going to actually help you fix, so, not fix, but work with and live with the problem and I didn't know that at the time but that's essentially what it is so they didn't tell me this they didn't give me any sort of side effects and one of the most common side effects for those of you who don't know about any antidepressant is heightened anxiety so I was I went from already probably suffering from anxiety and being depressed to thinking that this was going to be a miracle drug and it was just going to automatically lift my spirits Mm -hmm. and it did the opposite it made me hella paranoid i remember driving down the road by my husband's shop and there was a white car we we lived in i think this was in waterloo at the time and i was driving to the shop and there was this white car that was kind of going in the same direction as brandon's shop and when i pulled up kind of beside her it was like this nice young pretty girl my head went from this girl exists beside me (coughs) to this girl is going is on her way to have an affair with my husband (laughs) And I had heart palpitations. Mm -hmm. I called Brennan like screaming at him, being like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you cheating on me? Why are you doing all of the things that you're doing and doing this to me? And he's just like, whoa, (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Hold (laughs) up. I'm not cheating on you. Yeah, And I don't know where you got this idea that I'm cheating on you. So anyway, so that happened. And then so after he told me um, or after I had this conversation, after I had talked about or I had taken the medication. Um, Brandon still was unsure about... He said he needed time and blah, blah, blah. And it, it got to the point where I couldn't handle the the intense anxiety and I, I truly believe at that time it was the anxiety that caused me to get to that point because I, I couldn't
1: handle my own brain it, I didn't know I didn't know what it and was I'm sure that there are so many people like I say this every episode but I'm sure there's so many people that are sitting there and being like oh I know exactly how you're right? feeling. well and no I one relate
0: and no one tells you so mm-hmm. if someone had told me you were going to it's very likely that you're going to experience signs of anxiety I couldn't even put a word to it mm-hmm. I just thought that this was my new normal
1: right and, and then like, that's overwhelming that's that, so fucking overwhelming right there's, it's just yeah. a black hole you're like mm-hmm. you're like well I'm never getting out of this and that's and I, I, literally. I've never been suicidal but I went with my mental health journey and what I went through in the beginning of like after I had my baby I can see mm. where people get suicidal because you get so much going on in your head and it literally feels like there's no way you're gonna get out of it None. there's no way like how am I gonna fix this like I know my rational brain can can
0: literally tell my irrational brain there is a way out of this but my irrational brain trumps every thought mm-hmm. and it will it will ignore it will stomp on any thought that is positive um and there's no control over it because
1: i didn't i didn't know how to identify it and yeah exactly okay so so yeah I, I took a bunch of pills so like i'm just wondering like you kind of that it's kind of black for you isn't it at this like you know the beginning of it
0: yeah, where did Brandon go? I think he, he went, went to somewhere. the bank.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember her because I remember him explicitly telling. We had very long conversations at, when you we were in the hospital. Okay. um He went to the bank, and you were drinking wine, a lot, of a wine. lot of wine, had gotten some pretty intoxicated, and then took your entire bottle of pills plus Advil. There was Advil out on the. I uh, took a open. lot of Advil. Yeah. Um, my, th- my so theory is, behind that is, the was- reason I know what's going on was, um, I, at the time, I only lived about five minutes away from you, mm-hmm. thank fucking god, because I lived here, I don't know what I would have done. Anyways, um, and blessed by his heart, like, I love him to death, but he had no fucking sweet clue. He came home, and Julia was, like, pretty much unconscious on the floor. Um, he had no idea sure. what to do. You can cry, that's <laughs> fine. I might cry, it was still pretty traumatizing for me, it's is something I'm gonna work out in therapy, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, he had no idea what to do, and he called me, that was his first call, and he said, I didn't really understand what was going on, so I was hanging out with my friend at the time, so we both got in my car, in my car, and we just drove to Julia's house. I got in the house, and she's unconscious on the floor, but she's, she was conscious at this point, like, but very, very much, like, I knew it was signs of an overdose, like, I knew that there was, she was, she wasn't going to be conscious very much longer, um, so my friend immediately called 911, anyways, long story short, the paramedics got there and they took you to the hospital under, like, they, she was basically arrested, but not arrested. They took her against her will, against all any of our will. Like, we, we obviously no we wanted her to go. We wouldn't have argued with that, but had we have argued, they would have said, you have no choice, I'm taking her. It's like a special oh, code. 5150 hold. Something like that. It's like a mental health hold, but they, they take you because you're a danger to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they did, they took her to the hospital. Um and that what the one thing that li- I still I still get like weird thinking about was that I don't know if you want to tell the story about how they told you no one was there I was just about to say yeah that. so you go on with that and, and I'll tell you our side of the story so she was in the ambulance they mind tra- you I want to go into first the ambulance driver because I don't know for whatever fucking reason
0: there she's listening to this like or it gets to her I just want to like say or even the guy it was the guy too all I remember well I, I remember drinking I remember being so upset I don't really remember Brandon being home I remember you showing up I could hear you because you were loud like <laughs> you and
1: well and I have first day so I was trying to get you to throw up. I was trying to, like, make sure you were breathing. I had you yeah. in the recovery position. I was doing all the things that I knew to do. Yeah. Which is funny and because I never thought my skills would click, but they did. <laughs> and it's... And I shouldn't say it's funny, but it's it's odd because
0: he, I... So the feeling of, of an overdose, for those who don't know, and I hope you don't know, um, is that your your brain is almost completely coherent, but your body is, like just incapable of doing it's like a paralysis almost like and I don't know if that was just a combination of drugs that I took but um so I couldn't move or like look or do anything but I could hear everything and I just wanted to say the words that I wanted to say but I couldn't get them out like I couldn't talk I couldn't and
1: that was obvious to all of us that you wanted your eyes were saying it was almost like you were like like, you know how somebody who's, like, disabled yeah. has, like, they communicate a lot yeah. with their eyes, and I can see, I can see the fear in your eyes, which was what was the scariest, and I just kept, like, at the, um, this is gonna make me <laughs> cry, but, like, at the time, I just, like, Valley obviously wasn't here, it was just, like, I was, like, you need to just think about Cole. Yeah. Cole and needs you. And he was you. not
0: here at the time, just so everyone knows. No, I mean, he was, he, as I was as like, Cole
1: me. needs you, I need you, like, Brandon needs you, you, like, you need to just, but that's the thing, the only thing that was going through my head at the time is Brandon didn't need me, but anyway. But, <laughs> and that's, I know, but I just kept repeating that, like, Cole needs you like you need to stay for cold like just do whatever you need they're almost here the paramedics are almost here just like hold on because yeah so
0: and yeah. i know so the, the paramedics um I, all i heard was there were two and it was as if it was like a, a a voice of an angel when i tell you this woman had the most calming voice ever and she was
1: she was kind do you want to go back to the, can i just back up for a second because about 30 seconds before the paramedics pulled up i thought you stopped breathing um, i was kind of remember that i was like your your breathing was so shallow that it was like like <sighs> Like, it was oh, wow. so shallow. Like, I, and I freaked the fuck out. Like, freaked the fuck out. I ran out the door. I saw the aim. And I was screaming. The vacant... I don't know if you, like, you're a paramedic or you've seen paramedics work. They don't hurry. They don't want to create a sense of panic. Yeah. So they go very calmly. And I, that, I was pissed. I was like, you need to get the fuck in that house. The police officer had to... It was funny because everybody arrived at the same time. The paramedics, the police officers, my mom and dad all arrived at the same time. And I... The police officer had to restrain me, almost put me in handcuffs, because I was, like, attacking the paramedics, because I, they weren't going fast enough, and my mom grabbed me and pulled me away with the police officer pulling me away, and I was, like, like how I ever, I was, I had no idea what was going on. I was just, like, blacking out at this point, like, screaming, yelling, crying, losing my mind, like... Parent, oh. everybody holding me back and then they then at that own. point they walk in the house and then i was i had calmed down in the police office and i apologized profusely the police officer was like please don't arrest me he's like i'm not gonna arrest you <laughs> anyways that, it was yeah so they, they're they very calm yeah which <laughs> very is, calm in this situation obviously they needed to be helpful yeah.
0: um but yeah all i heard was her voice i don't know what she said to me i just remember her saying my name and then um when they took me in again, I don't even remember what happened in the house. If I can remember, I was at the stairs, falling mm-hmm. on the stairs. Yeah, and I then all of a sudden ended up in the ambulance, and I was a little bit more like with it. Um, and they uh, anyway, this guy, he was a trainee at the time, um, mm-hmm. and he held my hand. Uh, and the entire way. He held my hand into the hospital. So when you go in a hold and you're not actually in, like, your, a trauma room, they kept me stable. Obviously, I wasn't not breathing. I was breathing and... Uh, whatnot they uh i had to wait for a room like i was still in the waiting room for like almost an hour i think Just kind
1: of fucked up and
0: this paramedic it. this trainee paramedic held my hand standing up beside the stretcher the entire time so anyway he did that i am so gratefully i'm so internally grateful for both of those paramedics i don't know your names but if you remember the situation it was in east bridge and waterloo um then i am eternally grateful for you but then i was in a room and,
1: uh... Well, first of all, we asked the paramedics very explicitly. We said, can we come? We yeah. want to... I was like... My mom was like, can I ride in the ambulance? Like, I wanted to go in the ambulance. They said, no, because she's brought on a mental health hold. No, you can't see her. She has to be assessed by a doctor before we can allow you guys to see her. Um. So my mom... They're like, there's no point in even coming to the hospital. They explicitly said that. because like, because you could be waiting for... A long Very, time. very long like days, even, really. Like, it, yeah. it could be a long time. Yeah. Um, so we all... So my sister showed up, my brother showed up, my mom and dad were there, me and Julia's husband, and uh, we were all just, like, sitting in your living room uh, yeah. at Angler Way. And um, and I don't I don't even know...
0: Just waiting. Was it the nurse that told me that, or was it the police officer that told me I'm not me? sure. So I, I can't remember. Both of them, either of them, were not very nice. Um, the, the police officer was standing outside my room. He had to until I was assessed. I wasn't handcuffed or anything, but I was basically just not going anywhere um and I had to drink charcoal because that's what so that was going to coat my stomach and uh, any other the absorption, of the, right? right and then I was put on a like an ECG EKG whatever monitor because the number one thing that they're worried about is an arrest like your heart troubles with the medication that I took um
1: but so, you asked them, right? You said something like, "Is can I have see my family or is my family?" Right. Here? Well, and I so I but they explained it to me that
0: you cannot see your family until you're until you're seen by a doctor, you're stable, and you have to drink all of this before. you. And so I had finished all of it, and I'd almost threw up multiple times, and I, the nurse had come in and out, and she was really short and weird about it. And then I said, "Is my family here?" And she said, "No one's here for you," and I was like, "What?" That's not right. And she said, I've, I've looked out, I've gone out, and I've said, who's Julia's parents, or whatever, whatever, no one's here for you. I said, has anyone called me, or called for me? She said, no one's called Which for is a yet. lie, because
1: we called three times before you even got to the hospital. Because we called, and they said, nope, she's not here yet. We called again, like, maybe 15 minutes later. Yeah. They're like, she's, there was like a couple ambulances or something waiting to be, to be, um, same. Like, yeah. Pulled in and people like like taken out and so we called three times before you were even assessed so into. So you a room. were at the hospital
0: by the time I like was.
1: No, we weren't at the hospital. So like, so oh. we went. So we they we called three times. The third time they said, "Okay, she's here. She hasn't been put into a room yet. So we don't have really an update for you." Um. So then we said, "Okay, can you please call us when she's in a room? We want to then go to the hospital." They're like, "Yeah, okay." We they didn't call us, so we had called three times. So she was fucking lying to you, mm-hmm. and um we yeah so then I think it was we eventually they eventually called us and said okay she's in a room she's done the things that she needs to do she's gonna be seen by a doctor and a social worker yeah and they said um you guys can come now because after she's seen by the social worker then you guys can come in so then we all went I think Chantel went home because her kids
0: do you know who it was who actually told me that mom and you were here it was um Jessica oh she was a nurse there um, one of my old, like, an old friend uh, or acquaintance of mine, um, she was an ER nurse, or she may have just been a student at the time, but she saw my name, and she came to see me, and I was bawling my eyes out, and she... So she obviously knew what I was in for and I just said they, I had said no one's there no one's here for me she said Julia your whole family is in the waiting room with like they are taking up the entire waiting room.
1: Um, so we were all there. Yeah we yeah. all came and then that that was only be, we didn't go immediately because they just explicitly told us not to. Yeah. Um, which I'm that I, me and my mom like held each other and bawled our eyes out when they when she because Brandon went in there and then he we could only see you one at a time. Mm-hmm. So Brandon went in first and then he came back out and he was like he, she thought no one was coming for her. She thought we were like didn't want to see her and me and my mom were like oh my god oh my god in that in like of all the times to think that we abandoned you yeah well I honestly time, I wasn't I, w- I wouldn't have been
0: surprised if Brandon didn't show up just because of everything that we went through for some reason that would have been the only person I would have
1: expected or not been like insanely confused why they didn't no, show up we all, I mean I don't think Alan I I and Chantal did because of, like but we just said like Well, me I was like, I'm going. I'm not not going. Well, when something, when one of us goes down in
0: our family, like the whole family shows up. Hence why when
1: all this happened, it was like, I think it was only like 10 o'clock. We all came to your house. Adam, Chantel, mom, dad, me. We were all there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So basically after that, um, I was released on the condition that I go see a psychiatrist right away, and so... The hospital
1: set of that appointment. Right?
0: Yeah, it's, like, right across the street from the hospital, which, by the way, in Canada, if you want to see a psychiatrist, um, even a public, like, not a public one, but a private one, if you want to pay for it, you have to wait, like, months. I waited months for mine recently. Um... And, but if you're in a crisis or if you in a Which is admitted,
1: why people say if you're in crisis, just go just to the go hospital. hospital.
0: Because then you will be seen. They mm-hmm. will take you seriously. They will, I mean, they might not treat you very well, but they'll, you know, you'll, they'll be referred. So I w- went and saw a psychiatrist and then I started, was that, was I starting therapy with Jen then? Was that right I
1: don't remember, but that was like the beginning of, your, of right. your journey. Where I was like, okay, shit's getting
0: real. And I think that's when Brandon realized Okay, so I fully see that she's almost not even in control of her own body right now.
1: Well, yeah, that's, I remember you saying that to me where he was like, he, it's easier for him to, to, like, wrap his mind around knowing the fact that you, that wasn't you. That wasn't who you were.
0: Yeah. Like, who, was he met, who he met and who he married was... Was me. who you were. And who you are now. And, and but he's, he made me, and I always, I always say this to him, I'm like, he made me so comfortable that it's all, it's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'm not, and I don't say that in a bad way, I say that in a very good way, like I, um, we had, like, we had an intense relationship, we loved each other very, very much, and then it kind of just went down the shitter, and, um and I, I tried to explain to him over and over again that this is not who I am like who you see right now who you've come home to for the last year has not been who I am um and it's taken me a really long time to get back
1: to the person I am I would say maybe in the last year. I think you're years, almost yeah you're almost like more true to yourself now than you ever have been oh in your I, whole life
0: 100 percent. 100 percent. well and it that's the thing so my so the biggest lesson I've learned out of all of this and again there's more to this story but um is that so when I left the hospital when I got seen by a psychiatrist when I Started going to behavioral therapy regularly and got myself on a good dose of medication. Like, that was also a process. You're on, like, d- oh, medications God.
1: on and off and on and off. And, and that's too. very
0: normal. I just want to preface that, like, um, finding a good medication that works for you is very difficult and there is a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. They almost tried to diagnose me with bipolar, but this was a time. Multiple personalities. Yeah. And this was the second time I was in the hospital. Um, there's a little snippet for you. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, what was I saying before that? <laughs> Something you went to therapy, psychotherapy, been a medication, all of that right, led that, to... Right, so it's not... It's, it is a journey. Mm-hmm. And it took me years to admit that there wasn't going to be a day where I'm like, I'm fixed. I'm good. I'm fine. Because re- A, the reality is I've always been... I've always probably had some sort of mental health um, disorder. And I've just lived with it, but not very healthy, like mm-hmm. very, not in a healthy way. And... B, I'm always going to live with this. This is something that I'm going to carry with me for the rest of my life, um, which seems like a daunting task at the time. But I'm actually at this point grateful for it. And I remember saying to my therapist years later, and I've always wanted to write a book. I think I've mentioned this too. I have so many different ideas. You still need to. But one of the ideas that I had was naming or like calling a book something along the lines of, why I'm grateful for my disease or my illness or whatever because I I, I honestly truly am. it has made me the person I am today. I wouldn't change who I am today. I mean I may have changed how I've how I've treated people in the past because there are a lot of people out there. There's a lot of men out there who I've not been nice to, um, but I would never change what I've how mm-hmm. I've gone about what I've done because I I I really enjoy the person I am. Um, so anyway, yeah. So I went to behavioral therapy. Brandon and I. Did not go to therapy. <laughs> I did. Like, I continued to. Um,
1: you I didn't go at that time. You have gone. But did have. I not? No, I'm saying, like, Brandon and you didn't go to therapy oh, right. together Sorry. at that time. Yes. You have, not like... But we do. Yes. Um. So about... And I honestly... The, the year after that was kind of
0: blurry. It got a little better. Brandon decided that he wanted to stay. And he's since admitted that he... Like, the greatest... His... The, the, the second greatest decision he said that he's made is staying. Like, the first one is marrying me. <laughs> and the second one was not leaving when things were tough. And when I'm saying that they were tough, like, he had every right to leave.
1: Like, it wasn't, it wasn't tough. It wasn't like, ooh, this is hard. It was, like, really fucking hard. Yeah, like, he but loved really the shit hard. out
0: of me. He loved the person he, who he married, but he didn't know if this is just what happened. We could to do
1: an episode with him. Oh, absolutely. On this and how the husband's perspective. We'll do
0: that after our therapy session today.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Seriously. Um, so yeah, and I, I think the next year was a little bit of of a blur but it was back and forth all the time i i abused alcohol a lot in the, the oh, year no. after that i drank a lot of alcohol and i didn't i don't drink for those of you who know me like before i met my husband i did it not i didn't drink very much at all um and then and i was smoking like cigarettes not marijuana i was like a full-time smoker um, Just and then, the mask. oh, absolutely. And I was like, I was okay on the outside, but on the inside, I still was the furthest thing from, from okay. Mm-hmm. And then, so then Brandon and I broached the topic of, um, kids cause I really wanted to get pregnant again. And this is when we started trying and he, Basically stopped uh, me after a while I was like, "You need to get yourself better before we start having kids." And then that turned me into a spiral. And I've actually had to like grapple with this idea of like the reason why I've done what I've done to myself is because of the things that have happened to me. But those are just like the straw that broke the camel's mm-hmm. back. If those wouldn't, if that hadn't have happened, something else. Uh, Could have like been large yeah. right, would have happened and I would have gone down the same thing. It just happened to revolve around my marriage yeah. because that was, you know, other than my son at the time, that was the most important thing in my life. So so yeah, and I basically I remember one night he had just said to me and we were living at my parents because we were trying to save for a house and um i was in my room and i drank a lot of fucking wine and i did it secretly that's See, how this, I, knew I wasn't it was,
1: here for this one so this is i have i no actually remember quite a bit of this
0: one because i wasn't i took a different medication which was way worse than the other one but it was like a different feeling that i had like it was
1: yeah mom just called me the next morning and said this is what happened
0: yeah um well mom caught me that's why mom or brandon i can't remember i think it might have been mom um But I was really upset. I was drinking in the bathroom and mom walked in on me and she took the bottle away from me and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, you don't worry about it. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And I'm like bawling my eyes out. I'm clearly not fine. So then she's like, Brandon, you need to figure out or like you need to go in there. And then I literally was like... (laughs) shoving pills in my mouth like as i was doing it i'm like oh, fuck it i'm like these ma- these pills make me happy so I may as will just fucking take them see what happens and at that point i was just being an ignorant asshole i was like i am so done with this feeling i'm so done with life being this fucking hard like it was supposed to get easier after mm-hmm. the first time things were supposed to get better and they got worse and living with it for years and then living with it and then knowingly living with it for another couple and me, of years, almost being
1: hyper aware of everything. Oh hyper, yeah. yeah, and that, and I am a, that
0: type of person who is hyper aware yeah. of everything. I I just was just so done. I was yeah. literally exhausted, physically and emotionally, mentally, everything. And I honestly can't tell you the reason why, like, and what was going through my head. I think it may have all also been an attention-seeking thing. I will not lie. Like, there was a little bit well, of, that's, like... Well,
1: that's, that's, like, you say, I will not lie. Like, it, yeah, but it, 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 that's very, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um... But
0: don't let that, um, don't let that... Like, if anyone else is having that feeling of, like, that's what I want to do. I'm not it's saying doing. Cry for help. That's exactly. What I'm,
1: like, like, I'm not saying, like, that's valid. That's a very valid feeling. People are like, yeah. oh, well, it's like it's embarrassing. Well, yeah, you know what? It is. Sometimes, em- it is embarrassing. You shouldn't be embarrassed is what I'm trying to say, but it is a way for you to say, I need fucking help. And, right. and sometimes when you just can't say it in any other way, yeah. that's the only way that you can do it, and that's very valid.
0: Exactly. And actually, after that time is when Brandon and I came up with the safe word. Like my word, where I was like, if I am feeling the way that I'm feeling or was feeling, then I just say this word. I don't have to. You don't tell have to explain him. your feelings. No. You don't have to say this. He just basically feeling. calls everyone and is like, yeah. "All right, let's get on Julia. Let's figure out. Let's watch her." And so as, after that too, he he was giving me my medication every day. He didn't trust. He me He was within. hiding it.
1: Yeah, and, and when they would go on like. Um, or when he was away, he would go on, like, trips with his friends, I would have to stay at the house, and we would have, we would have her medication locked upstairs in my mom's room. Yeah. And she would have to ask for it, and we would have to give it to her, like, I mean, the proper dosage, obviously. Um. But, uh, I'm telling you, that, that saved, that probably saved my life. Yeah, so we did that for a long time, when your medication was Like, hidden. a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I take my medication myself now but um again I'm in a completely different place but that time when I went to the hospital I just wanted to like cover it very quickly um the nurse was like almost physically abusive to me. She did not believe that I was incap- incapacitated. She thought I was just faking it. So she's just like, Julia, sit up, sit up. I know you're not like, you're not actually passed out right now. You're not actually blah, blah, blah. Like sit up. Your vitals are fine. She's like, you're just on a mental health hold. So get in, the, uh, whatever. And I remember thinking to myself, if I didn't want to kill myself four hours ago, I want to kill myself now because you're making me feel ashamed. You're making me feel like an idiot. And I feel like a fucking fool. I don't even know, and it was the therapist who came in that actually made me feel way better. So I'm thankful for the mental health team at this this hospital. But I am.
1: But the mental health system in is this in country general, in the world just needs a, a big overhaul. Abysmal. Yeah,
0: <laughs> in the words of Joey Tribbiani, it's abysmal. Um, so, yeah, that, and then after that, I, I was, I have been in, well, I mean, the last couple years, but I committed to, what, a year of therapy after that, like, my whole family went into therapy. You found,
1: yeah, we, we did, like, a family therapy session, and and I want to talk about that, actually, a little bit, because we did that, I'm still holding on to something you said in that therapy session. Oh, God. In a good way, no, in a good way. So, you, we, we all sat down with you and your therapist to, um, kind of, like, talk about what you needed okay, from us yeah. and a plan for if this were to happen and, and your therapist explicitly said to us she said if Julia is feeling the way that she is she is committed to not acting on her feelings without saying she needs like saying her safe word first or telling you that this is what she's feeling she has committed to that and I still to this day I still to this fucking day am holding on to that if if anything were to go downhill that she would tell me first. Do you know what the, the safe word is? Yes. Okay. <laughs> this hasn't changed, right? Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> I know. So yeah, I, I'm still, so, why are you, do you need to use no, it? No, I just wanted to know that like, it, I was curious. Oh, fuck yeah, I'm still so holding on to that shit, man. <laughs> it's, uh, no, we I, can't I, talk I about that been. animal ever. I know. <laughs> I had, I had
0: the, the reason why I picked that was because that was my favorite stuffed animal when I was a kid. It was a pink platypus
1: the word is platypus yes. it's our standard word i
0: don't know why everyone asked me what my fi- what the word would be and i said platypus and they're like what i was like i just remember in my child that was i think it, it took me back to the the last time i felt like i was like in this good situation or like a fun loving whatever and I was like platypus so,
1: so yeah so we, we did that you, you've been like actively in therapy you found a
0: medication that worked for you yeah and I even after that my my psychiatrist so again I went to go see another psychiatrist right away because that's what the protocol is and he he thought I had per- multiple personality bipolar. Um, bipolar he thought I was just r- suffering from anxiety and not from depression um, and looking back on it now I think my ADHD had something to do with it. Oh, like was it was overwhelming being undiagnosed and undiagnosed, and not knowing that that was my b- and all
1: that. Yeah, right.
0: Exactly. Um, and I and I am like it wouldn't be surpri- I wouldn't be surprised if I'm actually on the spectrum somewhere as well because mm-hmm. I,
1: loud noises. Oh, um, I'm, I'm Julia. I have done research. I have done study. I know all that. You are one thousand percent on the spectrum. I'm. I don't know. I'm not a therapist. I can diagnose you, but you're they're there for sure. I it, mean, I think know. everybody is to a small. Degree. But mine is
0: like, I get physically, it physically hurts when Brandon touches me when I don't want to be touched or a loud noise, like yes. pins and needles go through my body yeah, that's yeah. and I like For sure. shudder and I, anyway, so yeah. Um, so anyway, there's a lot of things that, that were contributing to what my medication was going to be and what it wasn't. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, they put me on an, on an antipsychotic. And what? That was not the right medication for me. He said it's either gonna do one thing or the other. It's gonna make you go fucking manic and stay manic. Cause you're when you're manic depressive, you're either like there's no baseline, so it basically brings your manics down and your depressives up or something. I don't know what the proper terminology for that is. But if you're not, then it's just gonna make you manic or depressive I don't even know what it was, but it what did just it do to you? made me manic. Like I was like No, (laughs) like literally a week into this medication and I had like heart palpitations. I was like, I wanted to literally save the world. I wanted to go on like and do a safari in Africa. And and it just wasn't, it was like, and "And this is not really like I was coming into my skin and I couldn't explain it. So I went back and I'm like, fuck no, I stopped the medication right away. Um, and then he put me, so he kept me on the one that I'm on and I'll, I'll be very like candid with you. I'm on Wellbutrin. Um, Which is actually, I've learned, uh, can be treated for anxiety and ADHD. So, it's the fact that I found Wellbutrin is, like, a life-saving drug for me because it probably helped with my ADHD a lot, which then helped me get into a better place. So, you were
1: on something else, though, weren't you?
0: Yeah, I was on um, Ciprolex. So, Citroly was the very first one. Ciprolex and Wellbutrin and... Another one, which was taken at night, was supposed to be taken at night. You but had get them this, mixed up. Yeah. Get this. The, 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 the um, pharmacy had actually switched or mixed up the, the stickers on the bottles. And I had been taking it the right way the entire time. But then I got my new medication. And I was like, oh, my God, I've been taking this the wrong way this whole time. So I switched them. So I was taking a stimulant at night and a sleeping aid in the morning. So <laughs> the, my whole so lack of sleep, I was delirious. And I think I went through like three months of that. And then my my I went to my doctor, I'm like, something's not working, I need to get off these medications, and she's like, okay, and blah blah blah. And at the end of the conversation, I said to her, well, I just find it weird that I have to take this one at in the morning. And she's like, You're taking that in the morning? And she <laughs> literally laughed out loud. She's like, Why? And I showed her the bottle. She's like, This is what they told me to do. Yeah. So anyway, that was that. So but now currently since then. Yes. Yeah, and currently I'm You're only on all nutrients. Yeah, I'm on a very, like, high... Like, a relatively high dose. Not on the highest dose. I think it goes up to, like, 250 milligrams. But when you start on Wellbutrin, I think the starting point is, like, 100. And then you go up by, like, 25 milligram increments. I'm at 200. And I, that's a very good medication for me. Uh, I tried to come off of it, like, last year or the year before. something did not work um, at all. Um, and... Then I'm also on Concerta for my ADHD, um, which r- works really well with my Wellbutrin because both of them, one of them is a stimulant, but the other one, like Wellbutrin is, it acts like a stimulant, but it's not. So it gives you that boost, but it's not actually going to like stimulate your body like a, like Concerta will.
1: Um, so yeah. So you're I'm
0: right. on the, I'm on the no you name said brand it's of, our, of our. You're in what? I'm on the no name brand of Concerta. <laughs>
1: um, you said that, oh great. I think Emery's awake. <laughs> um, I'll leave her for a little. while You said that um, you um, in another podcast episode. You said something about how like your baseline was here, mm-hmm. and yeah. so when you would go low, it would be. But like now, your baseline's here. Yeah. So when you go low, it's just lower than you've been before. But it's above my previous. But it's above baseline. your previous baseline, yeah. right? Um, and, like, and I and. and what were you going to say? No, go ahead. I was just going to say, and now I don't I want don't want people to think that you're this, like, rainbows and butterflies <laughs> person all the time, because that's not reality. No. You still have days where you're just like, mm, I need to be careful, right? Mm, yeah. I maybe shouldn't be alone today. Or I, I really need support today. Well, and th- this isn't one thing that I really wanted to, like,
0: drive through through my the microphone right now when you have a mental illness or if you think you have a mental illness um there's ebbs and flows always and being aware that it goes up and down is the most important part of your recovery because if you expect it to always be up then you're always going to be disappointed when it's down and when you expect it to be down you're not going to allow yourself to be happy um and another thing was um i uh i've also put a lot of work into um I call them my lull moments like when I was first diagnosed my lull moments would be months so I would be on a good track and then I would one day would trip me up and I'd go into a two month regression where I'd be like I fuck it I'm done and then slowly over the last seven years that lull moment has now gone and can be close to just a couple hours. It can be a day or two. It can be a day or two, right. but it also can be very short, and I and, and I wanted to speak to that because I was talking to someone the other day about how she just can't get out of those days, and I said, let's speak, and I, we had talked about a lot of other things, and when I heard what she had said, I said, I think it's because you are expecting yourself to come out of it like right away. I said, you ha- a, have to know what makes you happy, what gets you going, what gets you happier. If it's the medication, make sure you're taking medication. That's always an aid and if help. If it's a
1: therapy, if it's a right, like For me, like for a, like me like if a- my house
0: is not clean and I'm not productive or I sat on my ass too long, that's what's going to continuously put me in that spiral. So what I need to do yeah. is I just do one thing.
1: I also feel like this sounds silly, but like when you're in a bad mood, if we hang out or if we do something together, sometimes that can pull you out. Well, a you distract me, and b you're like
0: the person that I go to for everything other than Brandon. Like
1: I said a million times, um, I am Julia's, I am Julia's therapist. <laughs> I, yeah, and, and Julia's feel, the reason
0: I need therapy. But I, I
1: feel bad that that's
0: the case. No. Um, I mean, I, that's why I really pushed, I've really wanted you to go to therapy for a long time. Which,
1: guys, yay, Jordan booked your first therapy appointment I, today. <laughs> round of applause.
0: Literally, round I, of applause. I, I called I call the, ther- the therapist because I had to follow up on my appointment today, and they answered the phone, so then when I got off the phone, I'm like, fuck, they answered the phone, I'm going to call them right back, and I did, and she answered, so I'm like, okay, hey, So I booked one
1: for me and Brandon, and for Brandon and I to go together, so yeah. we will keep y'all updated on that. Yeah. I mean, um, another, oh, yeah.
0: We, I guess the girls are awake, so we should probably wrap it up. But well, I just want to think- go
1: in briefly. Emery's okay for right now, I think. Yeah. Um, about, like, my, my journey's, like, quite short. Yeah, it's not sick. like... <laughs> talk about julia the whole time no it's fine like i knew that it was we i wanted to think we have about like 10 minutes and i'll just like kind of talk a little bit briefly so um like i was like julia i feel like i've suffered from anxiety my whole life i had a brief stint in high school which i realized this the other day remember when i had that like gravel addiction yeah (laughs) so we joke about it but i was genuinely addicted to gravel and it was because i had such bad anxiety you know like that stomach turning like nausea feeling when you have really bad anxiety I had anxiety, yeah. and I didn't realize it, and so I was nauseous all of the time to the point where my mom talked me to the, to the, the doctor. She's like, she's got to be pregnant. Like, she's got to be pregnant. Like, there's no way this person is, or my daughter's nauseous all the time, and, 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 and not that my mom's at fault for this, but she just didn't realize I had anxiety. I didn't know how to communicate my feelings. But anyways, I was taking gravel all of the time to the point where I was falling asleep in class because I would take it two or three times a day. Mm-hmm. because I just I couldn't I can't stand the feeling of being nauseous and I didn't realize what was making me nauseous um, which I think that's a huge reason why Colton and I like I mean it's probably for the better but why we aren't together anymore was because I had anxiety I never wanted to go to his house I never wanted to hang out with his friends it was like social anxiety like I just mm-hmm. was anxious all the time yeah. didn't realize it I've lived with anxiety to the point where I've kind of created up until I had Emory, I had created coping mechanisms mm-hmm. where I like I knew what I needed to do on my own to kind of like Yeah, but those weren't always healthy. They yeah. weren't healthy. No, they were <laughs> absolutely not. I, I um, and I think, think I problem. went through a brief stint of like prenatal depression. I never really told anybody this, but like I was just like Well, you weren't really like happy about being pregnant. You kind of
0: almost ignored it.
1: Um in the, the Yeah, in the beginning I was really super happy, and then it went went into this phase of, like, around eight weeks, where I was like, oh my fucking god, if I'm gonna, it was, A, I was eight weeks, nine weeks pregnant, like, right Mm -hmm. in the dead of winter, where I feel like I was, I was going to work... in the morning. morning. I was working like 9.30 to 5.30 at the time so I was going to work working all day, coming home in the dark Mm -hmm. then I would be so fucking sick in the evenings. I would go to bed at 7.30 because I was, the only way to get rid of the nausea was sleeping. I would sleep, wake up the next morning, go to work. I just did that repetitive and I was like, if this is gonna be how my pregnancy is, I I don't want it. I don't want to do it. I am miserable. I would come home crying every night and be like, I can't do this. Um, Again, I kind of just like got myself out of it. I I don't know like like summer to winter <laughs> turn to spring and, and like hormones. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, and then, like, again, I never really said anything, but I was feeling a lot fucking worse than I was telling anybody. Brandon's gonna be mad when he listens to this, but, um, whatever. Um, the, and at that point I was scared to, I mean, I should have said something to Julia, because of all, of all people, you would have understood.
0: I mean, I think the reason why I didn't see it, though, was because I was in my own, like, head of trying to survive throwing yeah. up ten times a day. But Had you
1: have not been, you probably would have probably would have been like,
0: okay, there's something wrong. Because <laughs> you were
1: the first one to say something about my, um... Postpartum. Oh, yeah. Um, so, anyways, I moved on. My pregnancy was great. After that, like, after, like, 12, 13 weeks, I was feeling better about it. I was, like, the winter was turning to summer. The days were getting longer. It just felt better. And you were getting closer to the end. <laughs> and, like, yeah, and I started to feel better, right? And I was learning to kind of live what I needed to do to, like, figure out But that's out not nausea. how it should Absolutely be. not. Like, I probably should have yeah. said something and gone. Anyways. Well, should have, could have, would have, like... Right. Um
0: uh it just it it the fact that we don't talk about this talk the fact that we don't talk about this enough um speaks to how we handle it if we're not talking it like we uh, i told jordan no, that we wasn't we're we weren't going to we're podcast, just um to. i told jordan that we weren't going to talk about what happened recently but we all know what happened in texas know. recently and um The fact that we're not talking about, at least in my opinion, not talking about gun laws and lobbyists and trying to get them to, you know, prevent people from having access to guns, it it, it exacerbates the problem. So if we're not talking about our mental health, if we're not talking about what it is that's wrong or how it feels when we feel bad or how we feel when we're in those, you know, gullies of depression, then we're never going to be able to fix them if they don't become common. Then that's it's always going to become it's always going to be a problem. I think I've said problem five times because I'm not talking to anybody right now. I'm just talking to myself, which is really awkward. Oh, there she's back. Okay,
1: guys, sorry, sorry about that. My brother was dropping off my. I literally didn't know <laughs> this part of the podcast has just gone off on directing this. <laughs> my brother okay. was dropping off my bassinet. Um, sorry, I'm out of breath. Um, so jumping ahead to, like, when I gave birth to Emery. So, like, like I said, I've always had some form of anxiety, and I've been very much aware of that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, now I'm very much aware of that. <laughs> <It wasn't laughs> she that hasn't time. been. She, you she were in denial for a long time. Um, yeah. So, I had Emery. Um, things went okay for the first little while. <laughs> a couple Emery's couple Yeah, and then, um, i started to feel just like feelings of like doom is almost like the worst like and i was like okay this could be baby blues like mm-hmm. it'll usually last a few weeks like could be that could be more so like it was like three months ish went into having emery where i was like crying every night didn't want to go to bed because i just felt did adam walk into the room <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Adam's Come to save Emery <laughs> Okay Just pause this We'll be back in one second Okay So we're back <laughs> Um After a longer Break than we were expecting Not that you'll notice Not that you'll notice Cause it, that was about half a second for you um but my brother came and anyway so we're just gonna finish up um where we left off (laughs) reality of moms also the girls are awake so
0: can i just pause this and i want because i want you to finish your your part uninterrupted But I just finished a therapy session and I ironically had just finished bragging about how well I was doing and how I've done like all of this work and I've come so far and then it's been brought to my attention. (laughs) that I'm actually not doing that great because my my depression anxiety is coming out in behaviors that are like not healthy in a relationship. So I just want to normalize that for a second because I think I maybe sounded a little too happy-go-lucky. I'm fine. Everything's fine. And I mean, I am, I'm doing... Like, like you personally feel like you're doing... And that's what I said to Brandon. Brandon. I was like, I honestly feel like I've never been so productive and never been so even-keeled and consistent in the last three months in my entire life. But mm-hmm. my relationship has suffered because of that. So, there's so many different facets of mental health and it affects everything. So, I just wanted to just put it out there that I am a normal human no, totally. being and my husband called me out no. in therapy. So,
1: <laughs> the day I was recording this podcast. And there's Emery. Yeah. So. Um, so I'm just going to try and make this kind of short and sweet because my... We'll go into Jordan's a uh, Like, I'm, I'm a still bit kind more. of working through it. Maybe we should go check on the girls. <laughs> I'm still kind of working through it. Um, Julia's going to go watch the girls while I just kind of, like, talk. Um, so I'm still kind of working through my journey. Like I said, I'm, I'm only 10 months postpartum. I'm only 10 months into kind of being medicated. Not even 10 months. Less than that. Um... I'm going to close the door. So you guys are going to hear that because... (laughs) Wow, if this isn't the most realistic three minutes ever, that's... Okay. So... What I was saying before we paused was I had Emory um and I thought what was the baby blues in the very beginning just feeling sad all the time crying lots of heightened anxiety not wanting to go to sleep if you don't follow me on TikTok you don't know that I had like a really rough <laughs> breastfeeding journey in the beginning um where I was like most, I quote unquote, normal people would probably have stopped because it was really taking a toll on my mental health. But I was determined to breastfeed. So um, I did. <laughs> uh, I still am. But yeah, the breastfeeding thing, it was painful. I didn't, I wasn't sleeping. All of these things. And I just was like, well, maybe that's what it is. Just, you know, breastfeeding is hard. And I'm a new mom and hormones and I'm not sleeping and all of these things. But it continued to three, four months postpartum. Um, and at that point, I was, I was, Having feelings of overwhelm in the sense that I was overwhelmed by my emotions. I was overwhelmed by what was going on in my head. My brain was constantly going a mile a minute. I had no idea how to stop it. I had no idea how to reach out for help. I was embarrassed to reach out for help. I felt like it made me a bad mom if I admitted to struggling. Um, And one day in the heat of an argument, my husband and I, I said to my husband, I said, I think I have postpartum depression. And he kind of just stopped and was like, where did this come from? Because like, that's how, I don't want to say well, but that's how much I hid it. And I didn't say anything. And, um, so for all of you who are like wondering whether or not you have postpartum anxiety or depression, I'm just going to go through like some of the things I felt. So I was very short, easily frustrated, um, very, I didn't have a lot of the like wanting to stay in bed or not being able to get out of bed symptoms because, like I said, it was more anxiety. But I was having constant um, intrusive thoughts, constantly staring at my daughter, making sure she was breathing, which again can be somewhat normal, but it was overcoming my life where I wouldn't do certain things because. I was worried it was going to hurt her, or I wouldn't like I couldn't let her be taken by my husband because she wasn't safe with him. Or um, sometimes I even felt like she wasn't safe with me. Like I wasn't good enough for her. I was I was doing something wrong. She needed to be with somebody else. She would be better off with somebody else. Everything like I was constantly something was wrong, and she was like an example of this. Was um, we were in PEI? I think I told this on another episode where I. She was in the bathtub. She inhaled some water, and I didn't sleep that night because I told myself she was gonna die. She inhaled water. She's gonna die. There's there's absolutely no reason why she wouldn't. I couldn't convince myself otherwise. Um, and so that was at that point I was like, okay, this is this is too much. And so I I um eventually like I said admitted to my husband, admitted to Julia, and then I called my doctor and I said, um, I like this is what's going on. I I don't know what to do. So we had a little bit of a conversation. She tried to like determine what was the best medication to put me on. Um, and so since I was about four months postpartum, so uh, a while ago, uh, so about, yeah, about six months now, I have been on um, Ciprolex. <laughs> I don't know the dosage. Um, and I found that it's made a huge difference. It's, um, and I notice it, especially when I stopped taking my medication. Um, I notice I'm short-tempered, I'm easily frustrated, overwhelmed, like my anxiety creeps back in where like everything is like, it's like feelings of doom would be the best way for me to explain it. So, um, like I said, my journey is kind of just starting. I'm just, like Julia said earlier, I booked my first therapy appointment. I'm going to therapy. Um, so Yeah i will obviously keep everybody updated on like how that goes for me if you don't follow me on tiktok follow me there i do like answer questions and talk about it openly um there because again like i'm huge into normalizing this kind of thing as is julia she's not here but (laughs) um i'm gonna end this one on my own because julia's out taking care of the babies um so if you guys have any more questions regarding julia's story my story let us know. We'll try and answer those as best we can. And if you're not already, go follow us on Instagram at mom underscore And yeah, let us know what we want to hear, specific topics, and um, we'll be back. We're probably going to just release episodes as much as we possibly can in the next little while, um, just to, you know, catch up on the fact that we missed so many. So anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Bye!